Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Nugs.net is the destination for live music on demand. They have a growing collection of over 15,000 full-length concert recordings from bands like Pearl Jam, Humphreys McGee, Dead & Company, and Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. So you'll never run out of live music to explore. I've been digging into a lot of Umphrey shows on Nugs.net, and the catalog and the sound quality are really amazing. It's a great way to get to know a band even more. I've been listening to a lot of Billy Strings, Dead & Company. Oh, and uh, Wilco's on there now, too. Well, I've been listening to the infamous String Dusters and loving some of the old Steve Kimmock shows on there. It's available on desktop, iOS, and Android apps. Sonos, that's how I listen, and Blue OS. The Nugs.net team knows you love live music, so they're offering new subscribers a 35% discount on an annual subscription. Go to Nugs.net slash helping friendly and sign up today. If you already have a subscription, give the gift of live music to a friend. Again, that's Nugs.net slash helping friendly for 35% off an annual subscription.
everybody. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is the quick hit number one, the first one of Summer Tour 2019. I am here with Kevin Davitt, who is at KP Davitt 13. He was at the show last night. And uh, Kevin, how are you doing? I am doing really well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. And just so everybody knows, because for some reason, maybe they don't, this last night's show was at Chaffetz Arena, St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, I was watching from home until I had to go to bed and listen the rest of the day. I thought there was some pretty good stuff. How, how was the show last night? There was. So um, just a, a, a brief shout out to the venue. I didn't come here back in 2012, I think they played here. Um, I'm a Chicago guy, took the Amtrak down half the train was full of people coming to this show. It was great. The scene outside was fantastic. Uh, really good shakedown. So fantastic venue. Um, and yeah, I think for a tour opener, it was quite strong. I don't have a whole lot to compare it to. I think I saw a fairly mediocre tour opener back in, uh, outside of Chicago in 09 or, or 10. Um, but yeah, this was, this was pretty strong. Yeah. You know, tour openers have this baggage with them, wherein everybody of course has all the expectation and the hype that the, of the tour and we all want it to be so good, but so many, I think partially because of that expectation, uh, so many of them are, are often letdowns, but I, I, I don't think that this was entirely, um, so let's get into it. Let's talk about what we saw, what what they did last night. I was, sure. I think, uh, not too many people guessed the opener. Although I will say, I saw Peyton Hooten at Peyton Hooten uh, called Cool Amber and Mercury <laughs> early in the afternoon yesterday. And uh, yeah, how about that for a tour opener? How about it is right. So uh, I heard that on the thirtieth during the New Year's run to open set two of uh, a top to bottom stunning show. Yeah. Uh, and I liked it. Um, I think it works well in this spot and, and first set all the better. They, uh, started doing right away. The face plant teases and those page sort of work those in throughout the night, which is, which is fun as well. Yeah. I mean, we even got those in the encore at the end there. Um, right. so yeah, uh, 46 days was not full blown deep, but, uh, there was good good guitar and good jamming a little bit in there, right? Yeah. It was like a little kind of muddy in the beginning, um, which isn't totally unusual. And then like, yeah, there was like some, some mustard. I, I think the first set, uh, overall kind of, kind of surprised me. Um, and then arguably maybe a little kind of less flow in the, in the second set, but we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. The 46 days was good. And then, we got to talk about this stash. Yeah, we do. Um, so looking back at the numbers, this is the second longest stash of 3.0. The really? the longest was 10 years ago. It was in July of 2009. So the stash has been a song that has arguably not been up to snuff since they came back. Uh, I'm a big fan. I've, enjoyed some of them but not not really felt that they were getting there but this one i i kind of i was in the moment i was getting there so yeah so 
when it started up, it seemed like, all right, tour opener, uh, run through stash. And like the composed parts weren't flawless, but they weren't bad. And then it kind of broke into this. I, I thought it was a super percussive kind of Fishman driven. And then I'm not a, a, a music guy like, or like a, a music theory type. And you have a lot of them on, but I think it moved into like a major key. Um, and I just thought it was probably the most creative stash I've seen since maybe something in 2003, but probably 1.0. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. I definitely saw someone on Twitter say it's the best since 2003. I've seen others point to Meriwether 13. Um, I, it's certainly one of the best in a long time, and it gives me hope. It gives me hope. Uh, then we got some bluegrass, a little Nelly Kane. We did. I'm a big fan, so yep. yay, bluegrass. Um, I am too. Gordon <laughs> sounded good. Cool, yeah, he did. Um, and then, I, I don't know, what do you think of the r- remainder of the set? We had Free, was it didn't extend at all, but uh, yeah, it was good rock and roll. Um, free was kind of flubby. Um, I mean, again, I I don't want to come off as, as complaining about this. Like I'm down in St. Louis at a tour opener inside. I'm a huge indoor fish fan. Like, so, um, it was, it was good. You know, it didn't, it didn't get out there. The theme I thought, um, kind of that was, that was going places and then they didn't land it very well. Uh, and there were, probably a couple examples of that. And I think that's indicative of tour. That's tour opener stuff, but like they're playing good songs. There was great energy. And so if they don't, you know, if they don't wrap it up perfectly, so be it. Right. Right. But, uh, conversely, then we got a tube that almost hit the 10 minute mark. Uh, yeah. I've, so I, the, the, the past couple of tubes, like, I was at Rosemont and there was a really good tube last fall. And then the one during the new year's run with right with Weekapaw was fantastic. So, um, this maybe wasn't quite on par with those, but it was really strong. And for people for an extended tube, like they're, they're happening again. So you should be excited. Yeah. I think last, last fall, that was one of the big headlines with tube is back. Um, and then we yeah. got a um, Ghost in the Forest song to close the first set. Uh, I knew when I heard this song at a Ghost in the Forest show, this would make a good fish song. I feel like it translates. What do you think? I agree. Um, and I, I didn't see any Ghost of the Forest shows, but I would listen to stuff. And um, I, I think you could sort of hear this fitting in uh, uh, the fish setting. And I think they did it quite well um and the the set closer slot i think worked well too it's and and this is no knock it kind of felt like the best possible mega church situation uh <laughs> to wrap up the the first set right well i mean it was that or it, it the ending of it did have a bit of a a more sort of vibe yes but, totally uh, exactly different. so yeah, set two fun. really fun and I don't Sorry. know, like, so I was, I was in, uh, just off the, I was in one Oh three in the second row. So on Mike's side, real close. And I don't know if this is new, but he's standing on a rumble board that I think he does on 
his tour, but I don't remember him standing that standing on that uh, on fish tour historically. People that it, watch all the webcasts. He's had it for the yeah? past couple tours, but he doesn't use oh, okay. it on fish. Uh, he uses it on his solo tours where things are, you know, that just the stage sound is quite different than on a fish tour. So he can hear and feel his amps on fish. He said, so he doesn't actually use the board, but he wants to have the same rig and the same, everything in the same place from one to the other. So, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that was, I remember we had a few conversations. I don't think we did it on the podcast, but I've definitely had some offline conversations about that uh, over the course of last year. And somewhat, he revealed it in a re, an interview in the fall, I believe. Um, Interesting. So, on set two, we open with uh, not a short No Men in No Man's Land. Um, in fact, the, on paper, this run is pretty outstanding. No Men, Bathtub Gin, Ghost. Piper, um, how did it play out for you? So, um, and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way. It, <laughs> it, it probably looks better on paper than re-listen value would be my guess here, you know, a handful of hours later, no man was generally quite good. And it was, it was stretched out. The gin had a really, really nice peak. I mean, it's not like St. Louis gin has a little history there. It wasn't quite that. Um, and then the ghost, like, so that those first two were, were really good. And then when ghost started up and started going places, this is the point where, where I had a little letdown, like whatever jaded vet type of stuff. Um, it, while this ghost is like nearly 10 minutes long, it was really, really getting there in my opinion and forced into Piper. Uh, and so that would be my like one high class problem, right? Like yeah. I'm at a fish show and they're playing no man and gin and ghost hope in the second set and they force it into Piper. So it's a ridiculous complaint, but I think that ghost was really getting places. And then Piper popped up. Piper was arguably the highlight of the second set too, which makes me sound more ridiculous, but, um, <laughs> I think I think this looks better on paper than perhaps the it, it didn't have quite the flow that maybe you might expect. Well, because I'm old and have a uh, you know have an early train to catch in the morning, I actually turned the show off when Ghost began. That was coincidental. I was like, "Oh, Jin's mm -hmm. over. Let me turn this off." And I heard the first notes of Ghost as I hit the power button. I was like, "Oh man!" Um, <laughs> but I listened to it all this morning, and I agree with you on No Men's. I think Jin was good. I had a nice little peak. There was no slowdown or anything like that. It just kind of kind of a ragey uh, mm -hmm. maybe just shy of rage but you know just kind of upbeat peak i thought the ghost wasn't bad it was it was chill um i didn't catch the force into piper if you will but on sure. the whole i think that it went uh, you know i think that ghost piper add up to a good 20 minutes and change and collectively they're pretty pretty solid. I mean, we're talking about 45 minutes, no men's gin, ghost, piper. Of pre that's pretty good stuff. And then we get into some 
kind of base level, if you will, uh, blaze on. Nothing wrong with it. Just a, it's kind of a, just pretty straight Agreed. ahead blaze on. Joy, uh, pretty, not long. Um, yep. Simple was rather short. It was. Uh, I I'm not a huge simple fan though. How did you feel when you got into that? Were you feeling shortchanged or? So I am a big simple fan. I kind of. Um, I kind of fell in love with the band in like, or I started seeing shows consistently in 96. Oh, that when explains it. Simple was one of those songs that you, 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 you go back and you could listen to any 96 simple probably and love it. And so I was excited by that and it was unequivocally cut short. Uh, so it, it's not one of those 96 simples but there aren't many of those. No, uh, sadly, uh, you know, if we were getting simples like that all the time, I think we, uh, even I would probably be a bigger fan. Um, right. Uh, limb by limb kind of limb standard. Good. Yeah. Standard. Good. It's a nice song. We like it. And then a, a good solid peak on the slave to close the set. Yes, I thought the the slave was was quite good. I I love set closing slaves. Uh, sign me up eight days a week. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. If there's one, um, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in St. Louis, but this was an indoor show. And are there no places to get glow sticks? Because I, I'm I might need to get tortillas tonight. There there wasn't enough glow stick action last night, and so I implore the fan base to either let me know where to get some glow sticks, or to <laughs> uh, to to find the local dollar store or wherever they come from. Just uh, I I, I recommend sticks. getting uh, the tortillas or marshmallows, something biodegradable myself. But um, yeah, uh, I I I feel you. A little indoor show, you kind of you kind of at least expect to see it, even if you're not going to bring them yourself. Yeah. Um, the lights look pretty good on the webcast. Uh, were you enjoying the, uh, Corota action? Oh, of course. Anything um, new on the rig this the, year that you noticed? Yeah. The, the moving rig. Um, yeah, the lights were phenomenal and that's kind of why I'm a sucker for indoor shows. Like you're, you're getting it for, for both sets. I don't think I'm not, um, I'm not like a, a, a rig expert, but I don't think there's anything changed from fall and New Year's run last year. But correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, somebody else will have to do it. I was I wasn't in the room. I didn't notice it on the on the video. Yeah. Um, and so, lest we neglect it, Turtle in the Clouds, Character Zero. That's pretty solid uh, encore to wrap up the night. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved the the Halloween stuff. I think that worked well, dance and all on the encore spot. Um, and Character Zero is one of those songs that when it starts up, I'm like, okay, if this has been played 140 times, I've seen 165 of them. <laughs> but by the end of it, I'm like, that was awesome, super fun, and uh, the show, and so. It was it was really good. I think a little bit unusual in that you had like an eight song first set and a nine song second set, but um, I'm not complaining, and I get to go back and do it again tonight. Excellent. Well, um, I, I hope you have a, another great time tonight, 
And uh, I you. hope you get that 30 minute tweezer that they're not going to play Bonnaroo. Um, Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> and if I'm being picky, which, which I am, uh, I would, my white whale is uh, life boy. And huh? so it would be that 30 minute tweezer into a life boy 94 style. So yeah, that's just properly done there. right you there. You can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, if I had any control over it, uh, uh, right. I would make it happen, but I don't. Um, but what I do have control over is what we play uh, for the listeners now. Um, I think I got a sense of what you're going to pick as your highlight, but maybe you should tell everybody what we should listen to. So uh, I would kind of lean toward arguably one of the most creative stashes in quite some time and like the 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 somewhere in the middle segment after the composed part cool yeah well let's uh let's let's do that we'll play a little bit of the stash jam for everybody and um i want to thank you for joining us kevin and hope you have a great time tonight and uh everybody else thank you for listening and we will be back after tomorrow's show You guys like coffee? Yes. I actually cannot function without it. Luckily for us, we have an advertiser, Passion House Coffee Roasters. Passion House was founded by a longtime fan in Chicago, and they've been sourcing and roasting some of the best beans in the world since 2011. Now they need your help naming a new coffee, an experimental micro lot from a renowned farm in Colombia. With coffees named Millie Grace, LSD, and Box of Rain, the bar is high for a new name. But we know you can help. Go to passionhousecoffee.com slash Osiris to read about the mystery coffee and submit your idea for the coffee name. While you're there, pick up some beans or cans of cold brew. I had the Passion Cat cold brew cans recently, and they're great. Our listeners get 30% off their coffee, so enter Osiris at checkout. Get after it. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.